Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fanboys. It's about time, too, right, Tomek? It's been a while. Hello, everyone. That's right, Steve. Uh, I've been kind of missing talking to you about it, but um, yeah, lots of happening. It's almost like, um, yeah, too much. Well, there's a lot of... No, not, never going to complain and there is yeah, too there's much. there's a lot of track and not, field happening. Enough, uh, track and yeah, field. there's a lot of track yes. and field happening, and in my life has been crazy, crazy with... Um, I'm trying to sell a house, buy a house, and move and celebrate a six-year-old little girl's birthday, which is a, a challenge. So it was, it was, and 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 our six-year-old was sick for like two weeks, and so it was really hard for us to get out of the house, get away because she was she was stuck, and school ended, and blah 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 blah. Life, right? Um, and but we're lots he- of cupcakes, yeah, yes, lots of cupcakes. lots of cupcakes, yes. <laughs> but we're here now, and we're not going to be able to cover everything like we we we, we said when we first started. T, we're not going to be able to get to all the topics, but we do want to cover a few things um, for sure. Number one. A lot of the doings that happened at Prefontaine and then the things, the Prefontaine Classic and a few things that happened right after that. Um, we also want to cover, um, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about the NCAA championships that are coming up. The men's 10,000 was last night with a surprise um, in that race. Um, you know, we are big fans of Jakob Ingebrigtsen and he ran an 800 and surprised some people, um, not in the way you would expect, although I think we can break that down a little bit. I'm really excited to kind of break down what went on with that race too. What else? Oh, the Ethiopian trials, which were a, a couple of days for the 10,000, which were a couple of days after, um, uh, Prefontaine classic. And what else do you think? Well, whatever else kind of comes out as we go along, huh? Yeah, as we're speaking, actually, you know, there's a Diamond League is going to happen in, I think, 3 o'clock. Maybe it's happening right now in Rome. So we will watch that on Peacock on demand later. Uh, so we don't know what's happening, but that's that's fun. And, and yeah, there was uh, another Diamond League in Rabat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, remember two guys uh, went under eight minutes in a steeplechase? Yep. That was that was really fun to see um, the Alba Kali, which is local guy, uh, won the race and then ran straight to the stands and kissed all the kings and and princesses and whatnot and <laughs> that was that was kind of fun. yeah and and I think what we'll be doing here is kind of just covering a little bit of what's going on between um, when we last talked with you and get caught up on Prefontaine, a little bit of those details, and then kind of be prepared so that when we meet next week or the week after, we can do a U.S. Championships preview, then a U.S. Championships post-op, hitting up anything else that comes up from um, the Diamond League races in between those, and then really prepping for Eugene and the World Championships, um, which we're excited to cover. So, Let's break down a little bit of um, Prefontaine. What, what what event do we want to start with? I know we want to cover the men's 15. We want to cover the men's five. Um, I want to cover the women's 15. That was, um, if nothing else, I think. I, I made, a, I made a, a, a bold statement on our Telos Running's private community site. I put a picture up of, of Kip Yagon, the amazing Faith Kip Yagon, and said, here's the world's fifth, the best 1,500-meter runner in the world meaning I think Faith Kipyagon is better comparatively than Jakob is on the men's side. Um, of course, I'd love to f- see Faith move up to the five and maybe do a 15-5 double, but that's probably not going to happen. But um, yeah, that that was to me, in my mind, I, I've lot, watched all those races, but Faith Kipyagon's race in the women's 15, she destroyed an epic field that had Laura Muir in it, who was 
second at the World Championships last year. I mean, second at the Olympic Games last year. um, And obviously was not firing on all cylinders. You could just tell she wasn't there. But that race was really crazy too, Tomek, because they had a pacer and only the Ethiopian girl, um, what was her name? I forget her name, which... Sagay, yeah, Sagay, Sagay's think, form is right? so amazing. She works. You, you watch her and Faith running side by side, and you're like, "Oh, the Ethiopian Sagay is going to beat her." But Faith just has this extra gear. She knows how to hurt. She knows how to suffer. And she, they had a, they had a great pacer who took them through fast. Nobody else went with the pacers, and they were gone. And then the two of them um, just worked, kind of worked together in a little bit. They weren't really working together together, but they were definitely. Um, pushing the pace and I can't remember what Faith's time was but it was unbelievably fast and crazy the way that she won and she ran away from Sagay over that last 150 meters put it into another gear and just left everybody behind and in comparison to Jakob's race which he did the same thing right he did basically the exact same thing except he didn't go with a fat on a fast fast pace necessarily but Faith's gear change was more dramatic. They, she was running comparatively faster. And maybe it's just that Jakob isn't quite in peak peak fitness yet. We know the way that they train. Peak fitness is a little bit of a misnomer for them because they're kind of grinding all the time. Whereas Faith might have been up for this one a little bit more. But that, I don't know. Give us your feedback on what you thought about that women's 15. I was just, that was the race. That was one of the races of the weekend for me. It was just amazing. Yeah, no, you mentioned they opened so fast that about 60 seconds I, I saw. And then I, I kind of was surprised the commentators didn't pick it up. Uh, it's like, wait, they're going like world record yeah. pace, you know, that's the separation. In, instead of the nar- nar- narrat- narrative was that uh, that uh, they just way better, <laughs> you know, but uh, well, they, they just going very fast. And yeah, and yeah, I mean, she, she's, I mean, I like, I like even listening to Faith Kipiegon, you know, interviews uh, post-race and she's just so cheerful and, and, and yeah, unbelievable. I no, And then she said she, she wants to go for world record this year and sub 350 for 1500, you know, I think she can do it. Even though I was just kind of surprised, she, you know, after that race, she just um, raced 800 meters, kind of like Jakob, you know, and she just ran only two minutes, which is, you know. I think that's what she can go uh, on her way to 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 the 1500 but maybe it's just just different you know different dynamic i'm, I'm guessing yeah right? and we'll cover that in just a second because i think we'll we'll talk about yeah, that when okay. we talk about Jakob because of yeah, he yeah. just ran an eight also but i do think that one of the things that how do you feel do you feel like kate faith is comparatively better than Jakob, or do you think i'm i'm being hyperbolic and a little <laughs> overstating things oh yeah it's way more dominant yeah. but even though you know Jakob. Jakob has this tendency that you, you could notice um, in, in uh, Prefontaine when he is like, keep looking back, he almost saying like, guys, are you coming? Where are you? Like, why well, am I by myself here? Like, are you? And then he said that in a post interview, you know, I can't complain that the guys can go with no, me. He said, you know? I can't. Like, you can't complain if you're just better or something like that. Was it that he said something like, <laughs> something like, like, like you can't complain like- about. You just yourself being better. Oh, them them not being not. You can't complain about them not being better or something like that. It was like, oh, he's savage, yeah. so savage. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's so cool much fun to listen to. Yeah. You know what I mean? He does a he's a great yeah, interview. Yeah, he's a yeah. great interview. He's enjoying himself exactly. And then I don't know if you if you uh, if you seen the. Uh, 
um, um, uh, one of the uh, let's runners i think uh, rojo rojo was was there and asked him you know um because we were, like we were kind of wondering how how long jakob can 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 be in a sport, more than you know? wondering we were worrying yeah, we worrying. were worrying. And then he said, "No, I want, I want to keep going and going." You know. Yeah, and, that was great news. And he said something. And he said something. You know, if I, if European Championships were set in like a week or two week time, I would like to do 800, 1500, 5k, 10k steeplechase. Everything. A marathon. I think he even used the marathon. I think he even <laughs> threw the marathon in there. But yeah, so he's obviously having fun because we don't take him at. at I don't think he's serious. And speaking of that, in his fifteen, he. I don't think, even though Faith's race was better, I think, and because they ran so fast, and she and she yeah. exploded off a fast pace, um, Jakob was more dominant, and the way he handled that race got into position where he needed to. Nobody really wanted to go around him. He controlled it. He had multiple people try to take throws at him, but nobody could make any make any and we go anywhere with him. And we had. A guy who just ran 331 at 9,000 9, feet or something like that, some crazy altitude, and at, you know, yeah. in Kipsang, right? And we had, uh, you had the Cole Hawker, you had um, a lot of great. Yeah, Timothy yeah, Chariot. Timothy Chariot. Like they had, yeah. I mean, they, they just, none of them could do anything. He was in control the whole way. He ran it the way he likes to, the old Al Sal, Alberto Salazar slash Mo Farah way. He's doing that in the 15. Now he's running that way, that style of getting, being at the front with two with two laps to go and not letting people buy him yeah. if he's feeling like he's ready to go. He's You can tell he's perfecting that particular um, strategy, which we can cover later. But I just was really impressed with um, his race and they didn't go... I mean, they went fast, but they didn't go crazy fast, right? I mean, it was still a fast race. Let's not get it wrong. And they had it perfectly paced. And, um, but it was, and, and then we had also a little bit further back, Colin Salmon, who we've been talking about, kid from Newberry Park. He ran um, the third fastest time, um, I think, of all time in the mile. Yeah. Um, he ran a 356 high, 356 high, just got under 357. He was off the back of that pack. It, was, it really was kind of... It's kind of sad a little bit because he yeah. he could probably could have run another second, maybe at least another point eight faster. I think if he hadn't have had to just if he had been able to tuck in a little bit more and not be distressed, you could tell he was a little distressed of them getting away from him when they would cut back to him. But that was a really really impressive yeah. performance. And then of course we had more high school boys recently go under four in really pretty epic yeah. fashion. We had our first or second junior of all time. I mean a high school junior break four in a surprise race. I think he ran six x seven seconds faster than he'd ever run in his life and did it all and going under four. But that that so we we're seeing a lot of. Again, it's just been 2022 has been an unbelievable year. That 15, though, just Jakob is another level. And and I want to transition now and talk a little bit since we talked about Faith's 800. And, you know, you were like, wow, people expected her to be faster. She ran too flat. And then Jakob ran 147 in his 800, and he got fourth in that race. And it's something that I was thinking about as I watched it. Um, I don't, and I, and I didn't know Faith had done two, but this, this will make sense. I think it, it's not, if I had predicted the fastest Jakob could run at this time of the year, I would say 146 mid because so his time, you could tell he looked a little bit 
Uh, they went out really fast. They went out in 51 seconds. And I think that, number one, that's the first challenge for a 1,500-meter runner is they're okay going out in 55. The difference between 55, 55 is world record pace, right? And 51 is a huge difference. And Jakob's not training. I don't, I don't think Jakob has done a 51-second. He probably hasn't run even a single 400 meters in 51 seconds at this point in time in the year, given what we know about his training methods. His training methods are trying to optimize him for 1,505 by getting him a giant aerobic engine, the greatest aerobic engine they can possibly get him because his race is somewhere in the vicinity of 96, 97% aerobic, whereas the 800 is more along the lines of 90 seconds, maybe 85 seconds, 90 seconds aerobic percent, excuse me, not seconds, but percent, percentage of it. So it, it, it's a big difference. That difference in 10% or maybe even 6% of difference in aerobic versus anaerobic means that you just can't, if you haven't practiced it, you can't shuttle that lactic effectively. So you don't feel good doing it. And it's, and it's a shock to the system. And maybe he has been doing some 51 second quarters, but we know based on this history, but the research you and I've done on his training methods, it's highly unlikely that they're risking late season success by doing early season, high intensity, fast sprinting work where they're getting lactic. Because once you go lactic in a cycle, you have to kind of keep at it to keep it going. And my guess is that was the first 51 second quarter he's run in since, I mean, for a long time, probably, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and also, as we learn, you know, this uh, this last week and whatever, um, his, his goal is 15 5K double at the World Championship, you know? And, and, and a like world record, said, I think. And I think a, a late year, a late season world yeah. record is what I think, too, yeah. And, and, then, and then, you know, and then he, after that, he has uh, European Championships, which he may probably triple, uh, who knows? And, and, and then, and then, more meats right. right so and then, yeah that's very interesting that that's very good take um uh, on on the speed and you're right it's uh, between 51 and 55 is it's it's quite it's a, a big difference, difference. and again you 55 know? seconds yeah. is world record pace right so no one's right. going on no one has gone under 340 for a math for a mile yet so that you know that's it's it's world record pace so anyway then also he has another thing that i think is really interesting that i watch with Jakob is his mechanics are not he's been trained from the beginning to be a great 1500 meter runner and if you think about that many other kids are doing a lot of high intensity interval work because by the time they move up because they're they're in systems that are designed to move them up as they proceed as they progress as athletes and so they're doing a lot of high intensity interval work and so they've got the biomechanical um kind of neuro neuro the neural pathways are, are lit up. They're, they're fired up for them at a young age. And so, you know, Jakob doesn't do 25-second quarter, 200 meters. Doesn't do 24-second, 200 meters. He doesn't do that kind of work. In fact, if he's doing 200 meters, he's probably doing them in 60, in 30, in 30 seconds and doing lots of them, right? He's doing it differently. So it's, it's just a little bit of a different cycle. And so he, hasn't, he doesn't look as controlled when i was watching that eight i noticed he had a little bit of a forward lean if you go back and watch that 800 he's like leaning just a little bit more forward and because he when he was younger he used to do that too if you remember when he was younger he had more of a forward lean he's always got some kind of lean because he's got the huge back kick comparatively for where his biomechanics are but as he's gotten faster and more mature and stronger aerobically he's a little more straight up and down with a slight forward lean and i noticed in that eight it seemed like he was leaning forward it just didn't it just looked like his legs were heavy like he just couldn't 
get them to get going. Um, and he was... And probably were heavy, you know. He he just came from altitude and, and, and you know, and a U.S. trip. So changing time zones and traveling and all of that. And we don't know what he did the day before. We don't know what he did that afternoon. We don't exactly. know what he was doing later. And yeah. he's definitely, as he said, he's really very much getting ready for you for the world championships handling rounds. And yeah. and I think Bislett too, right? I think he's in the dream mile coming up in a couple in a week. Yeah. And it is, you know, I did say late season world record. I would be surprised if he went for a world record this early. Um, but maybe that's what that eight hundred was for, was to say, hey, do we want to? Do we feel sharp enough to take a stab at a world record in the mile at at Bislett, or do we want to not get a win there, prepare ourselves for, and then maybe look at um, um, uh, getting a world record later? Because he's he's not going to break a world record at the world championships because he's going to leave money on the table. So I always like to say this, nobody breaks world records at world championships unless your name is Chepta guy or somebody like that who does silly stuff, right? Like none of those other guys do that. They save it. If they're smart enough, they wait so they can get a double payday. They get a big bonus for winning a world championship and then they get a big bonus for setting a world record. And you don't get both those bonuses in the same way when you do it at a world championship. So, and the world championships, especially if he's doubling in two events, that means he's got three rounds of the 15, two rounds of the five at minimum and positioning those things in the right way could create, um, you know, the, all the challenges that we see with world championship for the championship style racing. But um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed with Jakob's 800. I thought it was par for the course. In fact, I think, again, I think Faith Kepigan's two out, two flat is a better performance than um, Jakob's 150, 147. But it makes sense because I think I do, like I said earlier, I think Faith is doing, she's doing fast speed work right now. She's doing different kind of training. And, and that's not to say Jakob's is better folks. Okay. Don't, you know, I've said this before in an, in an old podcast I was on where I would make these statements and people would say, oh, well, that's because they're not training the right way, right? I'm like, no, Each these these coaches and the athletes know their strengths and weaknesses really, really well. They know how to get ready. These are, these are championship caliber athletes who are expecting to win the world championship just like they were expecting to win a gold medal. So they know what they're good at and their coaches and they are doing the things to position themselves appropriately for their season. Different strokes for different folks different biomechanics different systems different programming it's just different so it's just to me it's just one of the things that makes our sport so interesting and intriguing i think about cycling a lot of times i bet you those guys the cyclists they're all doing very similar work at very similar timing at very you know very similar ways and maybe having some adjustments because of their basic biomechanics their body size or their event whether they're mount whether they're climbers or time trialists or sprinters you've got some differences there but in the distances running in distance running you've got a, a lot of different other caliber other factors that are coming into play with this stuff that I find from a training perspective is, is interesting. So I don't want anybody to think, oh, that Faith is not doing the right training for her and that Jakob's doing better training than her. No, it is definitely not that way. It, it, it's idiosyncratic, individual, and focused on the strengths and weaknesses those athletes have at the right given time. Yeah, no, exactly. Good point. And, 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 and you know, and like with everything you stress and then you rest and then you know and you see wh where you ended up and then you adjust and but but the importance of this flow is you know that's that's w really what you what what you 
what you see in a smart training, you know, program. Yeah, and Jakob is doing right. stuff very focused on his lactate and doing intervals yes. on a track or on a flat road course based on his lactate. And he can't be going in and doing 24-second, 25-second, 200s, and then coming back and doing the kind of work that he's doing because it's to do that work appropriately – um, it has to be done scientifically or you're not fast enough when it really matters. Right. So it, and they have their system down, you know, it is a, it is a, it's, it's one that works really, really well for them. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Maybe one day we'll do a episode on what the system, what, what that system looks like and how it all functions in terms of the way that they periodize and plan based on what we know. Of course, we don't know all the details, but we know a little bit about um, the system that they're utilizing um, that um, Marius Bakken created that system based off of work with Peter Coe, Seb Coe's dad, and work that he had learned from um, a variety of different systems, both, you know, using... Uh, um, yeah, he, did, he used a variety of different ways to come up with that, and the, the Ingebrigtsens have, have got that down to a fine, a fine science. So um, what else happened in the at, – at, oh, I thought the 800 was interesting. We saw Keeley Hodgkinson show what we had been yeah. saying, what we thought, that it's going to be a big showdown between a thing Mo and Keeley. Of course – I think Mo was not on the starting line because she got COVID and we were expecting it. She didn't, people were a little grumpy at first before they, she, she, when she withdrew, people didn't know why she withdrew from the race. And eventually she's like, Hey y'all chill. I, I got sick. I'm, I'm sick and I, I don't want to go and race when I'm not well. And I shouldn't probably be racing when I'm not well. So, um, but Keely was incredibly impressive in that race, the way she won that race. It was, it was hers but i was very happy to see ajay wilson ran another great race i thought she pulled out of that race yeah disappointing that she couldn't beat keely but i think that in a sense at this point in time it's going to take a championship race for ajay to win it's just going to take getting it all right on the championship day for her to win because she's not as fast as um either keely or as fast as a thing so you know, it, but it was really impressive to see her change gears and shift gears and hold off the rest of that field. She got second, I think, right? Was it? Didn't, I think she got second. Yeah. Um, and then we had a really good fast close from um, Raven Rogers. She looked pretty good. Looked like she was maybe a little, a little bit not. You know, those those athletes who are now in a pro system, they're even though they've been in a pro system for a couple of years, they're still missing those gear changes from four by fours, and it's 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 hard for them to perform at their best. Um, all those 800 meter runners who are used to the collegiate system like Raven was like, I think a thing, maybe another thing that's concerning for us is with her is has she been doing enough fast paced work off the eight to be able to be effective? Probably they're doing that work because at A&M they're always ready for that stuff. But um, I was, I was impressed by Ajay Wilson's closing hundred and she didn't lose any ground. She looked really, really strong. She's you know the world the world championship indoor win for her wasn't a fluke it wasn't that people weren't there she's real and i think we'll see i think there's a really good chance to see her on the podium and maybe even with a win um but it will take Kylie or Keely and a thing going after each other in some kind of way and tiring out late so that Ajay's form can come through at the end because she's really, really strong that way. So I thought the women's eight was interesting. A little disappointing. Uh, the rest of the U.S. eight field in that race didn't seem as impressive, but 
I mean, we were just all jaw dropped over Keeley's gear change with 150 to go. <laughs> it's like zoom, zoom, adios, amigos. She was yeah, gone. Yeah, she she looks so much better than yes. last year. You know, she she can pick it up those legs, and she's really. It will be interesting when when she finally uh, race. Uh, I think more, and then you know. Um, and also, uh, Aja, um, you know, she she got beat in that 600 meters, but many Americans, you know, at the, I think it was, um, uh, what was that, the pen yeah. relays? And, you know, it was, so I was happy to see her bounce back and like, okay, I, I'm, I'm fine, everything is good, you know, but... But but, but uh, in that six hundred in and, that six hundred at Penn Relays though she led she led a lot of that race yeah, which yeah. really I think they were using that as a let's just see how much trouble we can get into to work on that in a race scenario right yeah, and it and yeah, she just right. folded like a chair she got she got pushed out the back and she still held pretty strong but she's not a six hundred meter runner she doesn't run those four hundreds and stuff you know that it's just not the right distance for her I thought it was pretty courageous for her to jump into it in the first place. Yeah, and then you know, um, I think more. Um, she, she raced some four hundreds this season, but all of them were either windy conditions or cold conditions. She she won them, you know, by a second or more at least. So it's hard to say they were not super fast times. I mean, fast enough. Uh, but she's actually racing today in Rome, eight hundred meters. So that would be interesting to see. And yeah. Um, in, in, they, they, those two or three actually may push push themselves, you know, to to one fifty five territory or beyond. Yeah. I I really really hope that that world record will go at yeah, some point. Yeah, they're totally juiced. That Jaromira Kratochvilova yeah. from Czechoslovakia. That you know, it's just just like just erase it. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, <laughs> there's there's a double there's a double whammy there, right? So she's yeah. she's an engineered caster, right? An engineered caster, Semenya, and a doper. So we've got a double. She's got a double benefit to that. If anybody that wants to know, just Google world record eight hundred meter and look at the physique on that athlete. It is pretty <laughs> shocking. Um, Steve, but we we missed the ten k uh, U.S. championship. Well, we didn't miss it. We're we're coming to that. We're coming to that. We want to cover <laughs> well, the men. I, guess, I wanted to I start guess. at the shorter distances first, and then move up to the longer stuff. So okay. I think we're in the right spot. Yeah, yeah, well, let's yeah. talk a little bit about okay. the fives first, because you know the men's fives, which there were two. There yeah, were two. And it was just this is here. I'll let you rant on this because I'll let you rant first. <laughs> I've already been ranting a little bit. Let, but we, are, you and I, are in complete agreement on the stupidity of whatever was going on with these two five k's. Tell, tell our listeners what was going on. So first, what happened ended up happening. And then I will say, what why did it happen? Um, was two 5K um, events, one on at Prefontaine Classic, one on Friday evening and one on Saturday day. And on Friday evening, it was, that was so called the, the night of the records. The, there was three races set up for world record attempts. One of them was 5K men. And Joshua Cheptegei, who is reigning, um, Olympic 5K champion and a world record holder uh, was going after his own records and um, there was some field assemble and no, nothing, nothing special um, is, it was pretty much just going after the, the lights and well he, he didn't succeed it and run 12.55 or something 57 um, I think yeah, 50, uh, yeah, yeah. something yeah he, brought, he got the world lead so, which was 13.02 from Jakob yeah. at, at Sound Running right yeah, and and then th th that evening was perfect, perfect weather, 
uh, no wind and, and clear and the guys next day ended up having bad weather and rain and wind and ended up actually one um, Aragawi Ethiopian um, guy ran away from the field and after what 2k yeah he ran away at 2k he he left the pacer went on his own and gapped the field almost 100 meters he was over 100 meters ahead of a field and 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 I think they thought he was going to come back and who he was ahead of is crazy Berega Mohamed who else was in that pack um one more was in that pack. I can't remember. Yeah, the um, uh, the fifteen hundred meter run. Oh, Tafera. Tafera. Yeah. Who, so Tafera, yeah. Berega, and and Mohamed, who are all who Mohamed, are all we're going to yeah. be picking. We're gonna we're not going to know in the five k at the at the Olympic game. I mean, at the World Championships, though, yeah. any of those guys could win it, right? Any of those could win it. I mean, Mo yeah. maybe not win it, but I don't know. He's 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 pretty impressive right now. You could tell he's he's looking really really strong. But yeah, it was just a, such a shame that they. Anyway, Aragawe yeah. got away and stayed away, never came back, and destroyed the field. Yeah. So why did it happen was Rayler explained because some people started investigating why it was that. So as you remember, it used to be a Prefontaine Classic, the main event used to feature two-mile race. And so that Saturday race supposed to be two-mile race. And because many guys wanted to chase world standards and whatnot, so they... Sometime before the race, they said, well, can you switch from two mile to 5K? And that 5K on Friday was already set for so. So that's why I ended up being two 5Ks instead of 5K and two miles. Yeah. So that was the explanation. But I don't know if they couldn't combine it. And you well, know, I know Mohamed had said that he wanted to run with Chapter Guy because the weather exactly. was better, right? Yeah. So he wanted to run with Chapter right. Guy yeah. was better. He knew Chapter Guy would run a more even race. He thought that with the weather being worse, that and not knowing that Aragawe was going to do what he did, he just said, "Well, I would rather, yeah. yeah, these are better competitors, but I would rather go with the guy I know who's going to have everything set up to go just perfect for that." So that makes sense a little bit more. It makes me a little less grumpy about what was going on because it just seemed like maybe chapter guy set something up just for himself in a way and i was like well that didn't seem to jive with what i think about chapter guy so it's good to hear that but i i do think aragawe's race was one of the great 5ks i've ever seen in my life and and (laughs) it was just impressive and just the way he decimated that field and the way he hammered and hammered and hammered away stayed away the entire time i kept thinking the guys were going to get him and then what happened is that backpack they realized they weren't going to get him at a certain point i mean this is not like cycling you do you cannot close it down if you're 100 meters ahead you're not going to make it up and they started racing each other did you notice that when they were the 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 the, the camera went back to that crew and you were watching and they were jockeying for position mo was like not knowing if he should go everybody was trying to figure out what to do and of course Berega and Tafera, the two kickers we know what they wanted they just want well we're not going to win and our teammates out there in front anyway so let's just let him go and we'll just kick hard off of this right so yeah i think mo ended up yeah. fourth in in that field or fifth fourth or fifth in the field and Borrega and Tefera got away from him over that last 200 meters um and then the week later less than four or five days later right they have uh they had the Ethiopian yeah, yeah. 10,000 meter trials at which that was yesterday, yeah where yeah. Borrega crushed Aragawe so now we don't even know is Aragawe was he is he is he going off on his own did he think and he almost didn't make the team you know of course the the Ethiopians right. are a little yeah. bit weird. They may not let both guys run at the World Championships. At the Olympics, right. they only let Borrego run one of the two races, and so he, which is crazy why they do that. But 
you know, the, each national federation can do whatever they want to, and it's more more medals for more people, so no big deal. But what do you what do you make of Aragawe now that you've seen that five k performance and this ten k performance? Do you think he's um, somebody we really need to be thinking about in terms of winning the five thousand at the world championships, or do you think? There's just no way he he shot that he shot that off the front and no, number one no one's gonna let him go away like they let him go away right they obviously know he's in twelve fifty shape so you can't let him go and then in, in bad weather it was a tough weather day so it's like yeah. do you think that he's I mean obviously he's somebody we'll talk about in terms of what's going on but I don't think he's gonna be necessarily somebody I'm gonna pick for a medal even what do you think uh, yeah it's really strange because. Um let's move back a year um when he was i think fourth or fifth at olympics i forgot i don't, I don't even know which distance but then you know they had this weird race in zurich uh, the final uh, final uh, diamond league uh, where they build a, a in a city in a in a city square a track and he destroyed the field everyone there so he was like wow who is this guy oh he's the new star and then indoor season came and he opened open indoor season with 3k in like 725 like so so crazy right and you're like wow he's really the star and then world championships indoor came and he didn't even qualify for the final in the 3k so something happened i think he was sick or something but well he didn't qualify even for the final which was was shocking and then um and then this you know he's back oh he's aragawi is back and then four days later wait he's not dominating <laughs> he's he's barely making the team you know so so he, he's maybe little maybe he needs some guidance yeah. you know maybe he needs some it'll guidance. be interesting That's to see he, he he has yeah he has wheels for sure yeah well he's got wheels off the front right so he's not much of a kicker and he yeah. knows he's got to get off the front because he's got tefera and yeah. Borrega who are notorious kickers i mean you and i've been going off on borrega and talking about him for forever and tefer is speedier than borrega even is off of the back end off of a kick um but i do think still you you're my three my three favorites at this point for world championships 5000 are jakob cheptegai and borrega if he's borrega's in it right um but i don't really you know i don't really know and there's other guys that we could throw in there but aragawi now is somebody who we'll have in the conversation Tefer, if he's going to double or if he's moved up to the five could be that Tefer just waits and just runs just the five and not the 15 because why shoot all those bullets um down there and and the 15 he 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 seems to not be able to be as um overly dominant in the 15 as he would like and he has all the skill sets to be i mean you and i wouldn't be surprised if he could if he outkicked chapter guy and i I think he could outkick chapter guy and um jacob in a fast 5k or a slow 5k right i think that he has that skill set borrega might be getting a little long in the tooth i think he was about 28 years old or something like that but he he's not quite as he's not quite he might not even be that old actually because those guys got started so young but he but i think that tefer is probably a little wheelier and he seems to beat borrega head to head nearly every time at the shorter at every race 5k and below right so um but anyway well it'll be interesting to see um how that plays out but yeah, it, it, those five Ks were really fun to watch. The men's ten thousand out at um, out at at the European Champs in Henglo in it was was good to see. But now let's talk about the race, the two races, um, the men's and women's. A, a world championship teams were selected on the was it the night before, right? 
was it the, the, the night yeah, before? Friday. And they um, ended up with not too bad a weather, right? It wasn't optimal weather, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a decent weather day, especially when you look back at the World Championship at the Olympic trials, right. where they ran in unbelievably hot temperatures, nearly a hundred. I mean, they were running ninety-five degrees, ninety degrees, or something like that for the world um, for the Olympic trials. So they had really, really good weather. Um, let's go through. We've been talking about the men so much. Let's talk about the women's race first. Really, really yeah. fun race um, to watch. That, uh, y- as you've been saying, well, number one, let's talk about the main thing that happened. Somebody didn't step on the starting line. Who you and I were both picking the f- the fastest, right. by far the fastest ten thousand meter runners runner we have on the women's side did not even get on the starting line. So. Yeah, Carnegie. yeah. So she evidently was run. I don't know what it was her. What was her excuse? I can't even remember. It's like I wasn't feeling she well. Said she's, or, just, she's just not feeling yeah. well. Yeah, she's not feeling well on it on the truck. And then it kind of makes sense, you know. They they had a big peak in in March, mm-hmm. right? And like, and they've been rebuilding and rebuilding, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. What do you think happened? Yeah, but but her teammate who you've been touting um, all the this spring. I keep ignoring her, Krista Schweitzer. Chris, uh, she, I, I keep, Christ, yeah, Krista yeah. Schweitzer. I keep thinking, oh, she's not really going to be there. But I always forget how freaking wheelie she is. The girl has some yeah. serious, serious turnover and some serious kick. Um, but that race, when, we, when, when that race got to 800 to go, I think everybody was like, okay, Alicia Munson, who you and I have been really, really, we're, we're real – we're bullish on her. We know she is the future. She's got Dathan Ritzenhain as her coach. She was highly undervalued as a collegiate athlete when she was running at Wisconsin. She was right on the cusp, but never quite was able to get over the hump. But she, obviously things are going really well with her and Dathan. Um, she's running incredibly strong. And with 800 to go, it was like, oh, well, it's all over. All over with the shout, and Krista's just going to wait, wait, and then they're going to kick. And no, no, Krista stayed at the front, but Alicia did not come unhitched from her the entire way and even with 200 to go you saw krista throw a couple throw a gear down and alicia covered it she covered that first that first well there were two big moves that she made before that finally on that third move at about 125 to go 100 to go alicia just couldn't cover that last move but she and krista got away but alicia caught alicia kind of closed down on her again right there near the end so really really interesting because i think that in a world championship event i think alicia munson's going to be in front because she's going to be able to go she's going to take more risks and be more of a fighter um not that i'm i'm saying krista's not that it's just she's she wants to use her kick and alicia munson's going to be like no i don't really need a kick because i'll I'll have what I have when the time comes. Um, so it was a fun race to watch. Was that how you saw it play I out? I mean, she, she told, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, to, to give perspective, uh, Alicia Monson told um, Carissa Schweitzer for, for, for last, for the second 5K in, in like 14.59 or something like that, 15 yes. minutes. So she ran a world center for the 5K, you know, which is 5.05 in the second part of the yep. race, which is, you know, she's super strong, yes. you know. Yes, it's, it's, she, 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 she's, you know, I'm thinking Elise Cranny might be first sub 30, uh, us woman, uh, 
and Carisha Schweitzer and Alicia yeah, I think Monster. we've got the best ten thousand meter women that we've ever had, and there's a depth of that field, pretty good. Exactly. And on top of it, the girl who ended up stealing the third spot for the team <laughs> is a girl yeah. after my own heart, yeah. Natasha Rogers, who ran at Texas A and M. I was when I coached at Texas, she was at Texas A and M, and I had athletes who were. Oh, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Natasha. I, I even when I was had my pro team, she she's been on and off the circuit a few times. She's had some challenges. Challenges, but she's found new life out with the Hansons team. She's running really, really well out there. She's obvious. I, I mean, that girl is so talented, and you just need to point her in the right direction and get her to believe because she can do things like she did in that race where, I mean, they were the, – the kick was on, and no one expected Natasha to be in that position, but she just stayed and stayed and stayed. And who was it that she outkicked for that spot, that last spot? Was it Abby? Yeah, was uh, it – no? No, no, um, no. Who was it? Ex Bowerman. She moved to what's her oh. name? Oh, she, 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 she snapped Molly, uh, Molly Harrell for the for the bronze at the World Championship. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, who also is great to see back. I'm forgetting her name right now, but exactly. she's she's. Uh, what's her name? Yeah, we're both blanking on her name. Sorry about that, guys. But yeah, anyway, that yeah. that was a great kick, and I was I, you you want to see you want to see Natasha on that team because she's going to have reasons to train coming up now, and she's not going to be content. She'll go for it, right? She won't. She can't run with either Chris or or Monson, but I think that she's going to be a great third person to be on that team. Um, as as frustrating as it might be. To, to not necessarily have somebody with the pedigree. I'm just really excited for Natasha to get to make that team. And hopefully this keeps her engaged through the next Olympiad and it, she doesn't move up to the marathon too soon because I'm a little worried that, that Natasha is not going to be a great marathoner necessarily. So, um, but we'll see. But that was that was a really great, we have a great team that is, that's representing us. We would have liked to have seen Elise Cranny there. Would it be a, a little bit better team with Elise there? Elise says she's going to come out. She'll be competing for the 5,000 team at um, in Eugene at the U.S. Championship. So we'll see. Hopefully she's there and, and ready to rock and roll. Um, you know, there was a moment there. You know, I don't like talking doping, but when I first saw Elise wasn't racing, it made me a little concerned because that 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 Schumacher group now has has that sort of <laughs> That 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 little not yeah, that little stigma, stigma yeah. on them. They already don't race very much. They're already and that's by plan. They don't race very much, um, and so my first thought was like, oh, this doesn't look good for them, right? Not that I think that there is any doping going on. It just doesn't look good for them because right. they're already kind of suspect based on the way that they race and the way they handle things. So, but anyway, we've got a great team. Hopefully, we'll get at least to make the team in the five to K and and get our best team on there. Now the men's race, wow. Yeah, the name is Emily. Oh, Emily yeah, that's right, Enfield. Emily Enfield. Yeah, she's a she was at yeah. Georgetown and ran for Schumacher's group there, the Bowerman group for a while. Yeah. Yep. And the men's men's race was completely oh, yeah. different, right? Totally different. And and again, I mean, it, here you go. You you the men do this stupid stuff though, man. It's just like and, exactly and, that was stupid, right? There is a 26, 26 30 guy, and the next one is like twenty six twenty. Like he could, yes. right? And it's like, why? Why is this? But happening? our our number one and number two going into that. Oh, the top, yeah. two of the top three we expected to be there were there, right? It's just Grant Fisher ends up getting out kicked. I mean, and and you guys got to watch that last hundred meters because it's ten thousand meter race, and it is not decided yeah. until 
five meters from the finish line. In fact, it looks yeah. like Grant has the win. He's shifted gear just one more time. Mm. But Klecker, did you notice how he was, Joe Klecker was looking over his shoulder, like kind of looking out of the corner of his eye, like tracking what was going yeah. on. And he realized that Grant didn't, he was expecting Grant to have one more gear. And when he didn't have it, he leaned forward to go get it. I mean, you could see like fire in the belly for Joe Klecker. And yeah. Joe Klecker never won an NCAA championship title, but he wins the U.S. championships in the 10,000 over one of his nemesis. I mean, Grant Fisher and Joe Klecker went at it over and over and cross indoor, outdoor, all through their collegiate careers. And so I know for Joe Klecker and for Dathan Ritzenheim, that was a big, big win. So on gets the, gets right. the win in that race. Um, surprising um, person drop out in that race. We were shocked to see um, uh, Rudy, Woody. yeah, Woody Kincaid, Woody, Woody Kincaid. We thought Kincaid, he, yeah. he, he, he would have, probably made that team given it was a kick. In fact, he probably would have won that race because of the way he likes to kick. The guy knows how to find 25. He can find 25 seconds at the end of a 10 K anytime that he needs to. He's always got that yeah. gear, but he dropped out citing that he wasn't feeling well. Um, you know, having hamstring issue or something like that. And, uh, and then surprise, surprise, you had a little sneaking in of another Bowerman athletic club athlete uh, from Stanford who slips in over the last two, three meters to make that, to make that team. Um, and sadly yeah. just nipped, um, uh, one of the U S army athletes just for just there at the very end of it. And again, that, that men's 10,000 is worth a watch of the last hundred, 150 meters. It's really, really fun race to watch. Um, but I think that it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Um, and our, I, I don't know that we've got the best 10,000 team on the men's side that we could have, but our top two are solid and our top two. And I think Klecker is proving the way that he ran that race. I, I yes, Yes, Grant has run faster and is probably better, but he's not he's not 20 seconds better, I don't think. You know, even though their PRs show he's 20 seconds faster, I still think um whatever happens at World Championships having Klecker there does position us really well. I don't think I think Grant will be there when the moving needs to happen, but I'm hoping that yeah. so will um that so will Klecker. If Klecker can get and get, hopefully they do some hot weather training. He cannot be training in, he needs to be somewhere where the weather, because it's going to be hot in Eugene, for sure. It's going to be hot in Eugene at the, at the World Championships. There's yeah, no way around that's interesting. it. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing they will put those races in the evening versus Olympic trials. Yeah, they'll put it in the evening, but it'll still be hot. Midday. You know, I think they'll still, it'll still okay. be hot. I don't know what they'll do, how they'll manage that, but Eugene in July, it's 100 degree temperatures during the day. So, it gets wow. hot up yeah. there. It cools off in the evenings, but how quickly will it cool off? How late are they going to run the races? I mean, maybe they will for European, um, you know, it, it is unusual to have the world championships in the U.S., so I don't know what TV rights look like all the way over in, you know, they may have strange start times. Not The start times are not going to co correspond optimally with U.S. primetime viewing it's going to be much more about who that's the viewers will be and then optimizing for weather conditions and weather circumstances but that's one thing i think a lot of people aren't really realizing is recognizing every year i go out to eugene in july 
At, even at the even at the uh, at the at the NCAA championships, you can get hot days. You get you know forty degree rainy days at the NCAA championships, um, and you get can get a, occasionally really hot days, nineties plus. But by U.S. champs and now at World champs, we're looking we're going to be we're going to have hot temperatures in Eugene. So it's going to impact yeah. all those races. That's why the sprinters don't mind so much going to Eugene in July because the weather's hot. They don't like it at Prefontaine, and we saw it was pouring rain on them at the start of the women's women and men's hundreds, it was not optimal weather for them. Um, yeah, but they, but they, yeah. But, yeah. but do you like the format? Do you like the 10K being a separate events yeah. uh, from, from like, you know, in two yeah. weeks we'll have a US I think we put our best and... team on, I think we put our best team on, on display. We don't get overworked. Those athletes don't have to do a 5K prelim and, yeah. you know, we don't do a 10K prelim. You know, we, we, we've dispensed with that right. at the world championships. They, do have to do that, right? They, I think they do. No, no, they don't have to run a world championship. Pre I don't think they have to run a yeah. prelim. But anyway, it, it's yeah. it's I I like it. I like having the race, and I think um, yeah. it's exciting to watch. We have that. We've got that team sewn up, and then we can see these athletes perform a little better. I want to see Grant make both teams. I mean, Joe, maybe Joe will make both teams, right? We want to see Carissa Schweitzer will probably make t both teams. Maybe even Alicia Munson will make both teams. So it's harder on the women's side for those women to compete comparatively right but with emily sisson off the roads this year you've got yeah, onto the roads this year you've time. got a different kind of scenario so we'll see it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out so yeah can you imagine emily sisson being in that race and they started throwing at one another yeah. and with alicia monson and carissa well i know it would have happened they would have gone off the i mean <laughs> emily sisson would have gone off the front to try to break them right and munson would have gone with her and chris schweitzer would have hold on and maybe the results would have been the same um but for sure natasha rogers wouldn't have made the team so <laughs> i'm pretty sure natasha wouldn't have made the team but because you, you don't ever see emily sisson crack she doesn't she she bends she doesn't break um I w one of the most impressive races I've seen in a long time was her Olympic trials 10,000 meter race and in Eugene in the heat, destroying and decimating an incredibly talented field. So, uh, yeah, and then and then you know our local local athlete uh, Sarah oh, yeah. Lancaster took sixth place. You know, ran fast. So, <laughs> yeah, thirty one forty three. Yeah. As I'm just looking yeah. right now on the yeah. results, and it's just. You know, it's 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 the runner that doesn't have any logos on yep. the shirt, unsponsored, right. working. Yep, she's a lawyer in town. She's a, she's a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's she's working in billable hours. She's it's really great to see her succeeding and and doing well. So, the last thing we want to talk about, we wanted to talk about. We had one other race I wanted to cover. What is it? Um, well, I think we hit just about everything. Oh. I want to talk a little bit about, we've got the NCAA championships happening this week. Um, the men's 10,000 went last night and a shocker yep. in um, Dylan Jacobs, a footlocker national champion in 2017, shocked mm -hmm. everyone and just beat Abdi Noor. I watched that race like three times. I watched that last 800, like three times <laughs> and ne never was Abdi going to win that race. Just looking at the biomechanics and knowing yeah. what, knowing how it, you could tell this happens at the NCAA. Sometimes it, 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 the warriors show up. It, it's only you, it, those collegiate athletes, they have to race a lot. And their coaches get them ready for the big win. And the men's 10,000 at the NCAA level, it's always a little bit weird and always a little bit challenging. Always something strange happens. I was not surprised at all to see. I was surprised that Abdi got beat with the gear changes that we saw him doing, with the way he ran at the sound running race. I thought that he 
but he waited and indoors, and indoors too, but he yeah. just and waited indoors. too long and and Jacobs yeah. had a kick that was just unstoppable. I mean, he you could see, you could sense the springiness in Jacobs near the end of that race. It was just there were gears there you could sense, especially when I watched it the second time through Tomek. It was like, oh, that that and when Abdi went with like 200 or 210 to go, he he grimaced his face. The camera was right on him. He grimaced his face and you're like and and Jacobs was just smiling like, "Okay, here we go." In fact, um Alex Meyer, the Alex Meyer the, from Oklahoma State put on a pretty substantial kick at the end, also caught Abdi Noor and went by him. Abdi was done. When he was done, he was done and and and, and you can already tell that it seems like they are kind of prepping for US championships and maybe even world championships because they think maybe Abdi can make that team. But, you know, I mean, you shouldn't be counting your chickens before they hatch. Whether or not, you know, Abdi knew he wasn't running the five. He couldn't run the five. So I was surprised that he let that race get away from him. And why would you wait till 800 or 1,000 to go when you're that much better and that much faster? I would just would have done some gear changing or done something to try to get away. But, I mean, he does have a kick. We'd seen multiple times him kicking away from people, but he just he just ran into a guy who had a bigger heart and wanted it. And maybe Noor, you know, Abdi's looking forward. He's got other things that he's doing. And Dylan Jacobs is not going to make a world championship team this year. There's no chance of it. He, the, the race is over. The 10,000 race has already been run. He wasn't going to. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those races where all the marbles are there for the one who wants the marbles the most. And Abdi Noor did not want the marbles the most that day. No, he, he looked great. Yeah, by the way, the video is um, on uh, YouTube. You just type NCAA 10,000 10, meters. And NCAA, it's it's nice because a few hours when events are done, you can find all the videos even. even uh, so today are women, women's turn for 10K and then tomorrow all the, all the sprints, all the middle distance races. So it should be fun. Uh, if you don't have an ESPN, that's what they're showing. Like I don't yeah. have... Um, I always kind of, and they don't have a spoiler, so you you can actually type the the event and and, and NCAAs and, and just show your whole race, which is very nice of them to do so. But yes, uh, I agree. Um, uh, uh, the winner, he looked like he was not going to lose. You know, every every lap less to go, he was just growing in confidence. And confidence, I mean, I think that know, he was win. less than less than point two behind Abdi for the entirety of the last 5k. I mean, he was on the out, he ran a little further because he was on his outside shoulder, but he, you, he knew who was going to win the race. Jacobs knew who was going to win the race, no matter what. And he, obviously he and his coach had a plan to just follow Abdi Noor and see what we can do at the end. And it worked out for him. It was, it was really, it's always exciting for me to see. And on someone you don't expect to win a title like that, it's always exciting. Um, Yep. Yeah. So, um, oh, the only other race I wanted to talk about is that um, the the early the early all the critics out there calling for the demise of Shikari Richardson, saying that she's not going to be there, that she's not going to get it done. <laughs> she showed up. She's looking strong. She ran a really really good race at Prefontaine to get second in the in the in the hundred, and then she ran another race a couple. Well, she ran another race a week ago, a week later. Looked really really strong. She's bat. She's she's definitely going to be in the hunt at the U.S. Championships and at the World Championships in the hundred. So it's good to see Shikari running really really well. Yeah. And um, you know the men's men's hundred was really interesting and fun to watch as well. You know you you wonder if the, how those races would have turned out in different weather conditions. You know with the weather being a little bit different, but um, you know we'll see at the U.S. Championships when for all the marbles and the World Championships after that. 
Yeah, man, I love the Shikari's outfit. Oh, it was she amazing. She just made a custom, custom, custom. She was wearing a tiara. A bunch of. She was wearing a tiara. Yeah, she was wearing. Yeah, tiara. we 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 uh <laughs> we we were watching it. I I I'd heard that somebody had said something on Let's Run. Just look, what is she wearing? You know. And so when I watched it, because I watched it later, um, I told Max and Kristen to watch it with me. I have a little six-year-old in my house, and she was just over the moon about Shikari wearing her, her tiara. And when with fifth, with 60 meter, what, 60 meters in or 70 meters in her, her tiara starts bouncing and then pops off her head. And Max goes, no, she lost her crowd. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, but it's just super cool that you've got, you know, I mean, th this is what our yeah. sport needs. It's, so it's exciting to have her up in there and yeah, she's a drama queen and, but it's good for our sport. So uh, yeah, it was, I was excited <laughs> to see that since yeah. we'd been talking about, uh, about her the last our last one was just talking about how we love the bold and the brash so she's she's on a she it they don't put a fork in her she's not done yet she's still there and we'll, we'll see what happens and plays out so um that's right yeah so hopefully we won't um we'll go so long without meeting you maybe we'll get on next week or at least two weeks before we get we yeah. get um yeah. and so uh thanks for listening we we knew we were going to be wa wandering and rambling today we didn't even take notes on what we were going to do we were shooting from the hip mm. so uh hopefully you guys who listen to us um enjoy it and um would love to hear from you if you'd like to reach out reach out to me um at sisson at runnosis.com and uh send a note to t and i tell us how we're doing so like uh, t what let send folks off with what you're most excited about seeing um in the next week or so ncaa is more exciting to you what's going on in uh what's going on on the diamond league circuit with rome what what are you most excited to see um putting you on the hot seat because I, I didn't prep you for this and it's just this weekend at Lalonde, you know, the NCAAs for sure. And But also there's uh, another sound running meet. On, I think it's on Sunday. So that's another like pay-per-view kind of thing. It's, uh, it's I think, at trucklandia.com. So that, that would be a bunch of US, US guys going for the world standards and whatnot. Uh, I saw Grant Fisher in the 1500s. There's, um, you know, a bunch of and then it's a super cool 10k in new york city i think uh, they, i think it's maybe for women yeah it is only, for women but only emily sisson yeah. is there and and sarah hall and all of them uh, so that that's gonna be fun and there's some kind of sprinters will be in new york city you know and and cindy mclaughlin just run like crazy 51 seconds almost world record in the first yeah. race with the misplaced hurdle so that that was she is in a, in on fire. Yeah, she is. So if the weather is good, she she can run something yeah. special. So I don't, you know, it's it's hard to look ahead yeah. if if so much happening in just one one. For week. me, it's the NCAA championships because it's always the NCAA championships. Having competed at the NCAA level, yeah. it's my favorite. It's probably my favorite meet of the year. It's a little unusual now the way they do it. They've set it up as a four day meet. It's been a four day meet for a little while, but they set it up a little bit unusual and they try to create the drama. Um, by alternating the men's and women's races. So they do a men's day on Wednesday for the where they do the 10,000 and the preliminary rounds. Yeah. And then they come back on Friday for the men for the for the championship round. And then for the women, they do the same thing on Thursday. They do the preliminary rounds and then they do the women's 10,000 and that some of the field events are done on that day. And then they come back on Saturday so that what they're doing there and they're trying to do, and when I was coaching collegially, this is when they were really pushing for this to happen. Um, and now they've got it so that at the end of the race, you're at the end of the meet, when they go to the four by four, the 
outcome of the entire meet is in question and you can sense and feel the narrative structure around that. And I think, you know, I'm not a big fan of ESPN's coverage. I think I love that they put those races on um, right away on YouTube, but I don't like the commentators as much and I don't like the vibe as much as I like um, what goes on with the Diamond League races. But at least I know, but I do think that um, they will have that energy flowing really well. They know how to tell, Dwight Stones and those guys know how to tell that story about what's going on in that meet to play out over those last couple of races. So it'll be exciting to see how that all plays out. And um, to me, it's just always NCAAs in Eugene is always just super special and super spectacular. Yeah, and, and finishing up with the NCAAs, Folks, next year, NCAs are in Austin, Texas. After that, going to be back to Eugene for like four years. I just checked. So Austin, Texas, everyone is welcome. Come. I never been. And this is my... Well, we'll go, brother. I would love to go with, I would love to go with yep. you, Steve, and all yes. crew. And have, have, have really fun time. Early yes. June. So mark your calendars. Yep. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah. We will reach out. To, we'll talk to you guys in a week or two weeks, something like that. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Fanboys, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Godspeed. Bye.